You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Today is part two of our conversation with Guy Searle. It is. I uh, hope everybody's ready for some more information. Yeah. Guy has a lot to say, but he is very knowledgeable when it does when it comes to audio. And in this episode, he's going to be talking about his microphone picks for various price ranges, uh, headphones, mixers, mounts, cables. So there's a lot of information, important information, if you are in the market for a microphone. Yep, so get your wallets ready for GSE 349, Part B. Or will this be 350? This will be 350. 350? Okay, 350. So microphone connectors. Uh, We talked about USB. Again, USB is not a kind of microphone. Um, The most common connector that you'll see with most microphones is what's called XLR. That's the big round three-pin connector used to connect to most audio interfaces and mixers. And of course, there's also, there's USB. Now, a lot of people use microphones with a USB connector, and they can be either dynamic, like the one that you guys are using, or condenser microphones. Most of them will be condenser microphones. They all have built-in preamp, or or a built-in preamp, that's powered through the USB connection to your computer, and can be great, easy-to-use standalone devices and the audio technica atr 2100 usb is probably one of the best known examples and their newest one the atr 2100 x uses usb c instead of the mini usb that you guys have on yours uh oh i bought a converter cable a long time oh, ago yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, and, and you know it all works as as long as as long as the conversion process is pin for pin and we'll do all of the same things. Now, you're not going to get USB-C speeds out of a cable that goes USB-C to mini or micro USB. But in the case of a microphone, it's, it's not important at all. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. I just needed it to fit my ports on my new Mac yeah, Pro. Yeah. Uh, another company that used that makes a lot of USB microphones is Blue Microphones. And they have a lot of different condenser microphones like the Yeti and the Snowball. And of course, 3.5 or 6.2 millimeter TRS cables. Don't use or buy microphones that use 3.5 millimeter or 6.2 millimeter cables. Have I made that clear enough yet? USB is not a type of microphone. All right. When you're talking about how to record, you always want to find the quietest part of your house to record in. Uh, people will, with children will understand that this is a mythical place that doesn't really exist. And even if it (laughs) did, there would probably also be fire breathing dragons. Now, when you do record, record with the least amount of filters and effects, those you can add in post and not stress out your digital audio workstation or recording software. Now, before you buy a microphone, think about what you want to use it for and maybe more importantly, where you'll be using it. I myself never follow this advice and buy microphones that I think will sound good, even if I never use them because I am am a microphone weirdo. Um, And this is something I didn't realize, but probably did subconsciously. People will watch bad video with good audio over good video with bad audio. Hmm. Audio is really the most important part of almost any video experience. If you think about, do you guys remember when there were these things called movie theaters? I've heard of them. Yeah. It was like way in the distant past when dinosaurs still roamed the earth, there were these, there were these big places called movie theaters that had Dolby surround sound. And they always made such a big deal out of what kind of sound you would experience while you were watching a movie. They hardly ever talked about, and you know, for a while it was like, you can watch it in 3d. Well, you know, who 
who cares? 3D. Don't, don't care. Same thing with um, really IMAX. I don't really care that much about IMAX. I have yet to see a movie in IMAX that appeared all that much different from a movie that didn't have IMAX. Are you sure you don't need new glasses? I'm sorry. Who said that? (laughs) But I have been in movie theaters with crappy sound that made me want to leave. And I've been in theaters that had, I mean, you could feel it rumbling in your feet. When they would do that, you know, the, the Dolby. And that's when you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, this yeah, is going to be yeah, good. <laughs> and it doesn't even matter whether it's, you know, uh, the latest Star Wars movie or, or Bar- Barney goes to New York. You know, it's going to be a good experience because that sound is just going to fill you up. Now, some of the things that. If you are going to record audio that you should learn how to do is how to use a noise gate, especially for condenser microphones. All of the noise that's being generated around you, a lot of that can be gotten rid of with a good noise gate. And it's kind of an art to figure out how to do it because you don't want it to be so high that you have to get right on top of the microphone for any sound to get through your microphone into the recording. And at the same time, you don't want it to be so close to the actual frequency of whatever the noise is, is being generated that you'll hear it pop in and out of the recording as you're trying to. I've heard that. That drives me nuts when people (sighs) do that. It's like when people make those YouTube videos and they're constantly cutting the video and it makes you wonder did they make that many mistakes? <laughs> but some people actually do it as a style. Yeah. I mean, it's okay a couple of the times. It's, it's, it's uh, interesting. It kind of keeps your attention. But it's after a while, it's annoying. just annoying. There's just so annoying many cuts. Yeah. yeah. And I hear that in audio, too, when people use a... So that's what's causing that is the noise gate. Is that... They yeah. Just, they haven't... And I've done it out. myself. I've made mistakes. No, no. They, they yeah, just the don't know how to use a noise gate. So in basically. other words, then the noise mm-hmm. gate is, and I know I'm not using the correct number, but say the number is 20. That would mean mm-hmm. that if I had a fan running behind me or a heater running behind me, but it only was at a 10 level, the noise gate would keep the microphone from picking that up. Well, actually, it would be the other way around. If, if you look at the noise gate, Usually what it is that you're recording, whatever it is that you're recording is actually, this is going to sound weird. It's going to be recorded at a negative DB level, which means that all the numbers are reversed. The higher you go in a negative DB level, the less sound you're going to get. So if a, a, a negative 10 decibel level is going to be louder than a negative 20 decibel level. If that makes any sense. Yes. No. Yes. 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 Take your word for it. Get to zero, and then it's going to get louder and louder and louder on the other side of zero. Right. Exactly. But the 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 farther you go above zero, the more distortion you get. Which is why, Uh when when people talk about the mastering level of whatever it is that that they're recording, they'll say, "Well, I wanted it." Six at, at a negative 16 luffs, and I'll be like, What? Oh. What? What? What is that? And it took me a while. Is it, is it balloons? Yeah, it, it's basically, it's basically, it's, a, it's just another way of talking about DB levels. So, mm. when, when you're recording, when, when people are recording, they get excited or they get bored or they get sad or they get happy. And ha- however it is that they're speaking, you know, they may be talking really loud or they may be talking really, really soft. However, mm-hmm. you want that level, that recording level, to be at roughly that same part, regardless of how loud they're speaking or how soft they're speaking. And that could be... Is that, that what the levelator is? Sort of, yeah. Is levelator. It, that is, uh-huh. yeah, the levelator uh-huh. is, is uh-huh. basically kind of a, a, an automatic compression, it's automatic compression software. So it says... All right, let's look at your loudest levels. Let's look at your softest levels. And we're going to have them all be at roughly this other level. 
And is that why we haven't done it in a while? And it just reminded me that um, I know on other podcasts I've been on, we'll sit there in silence for just a couple of seconds to get some measurement. Of noise something. level. Is, is That's that, a noise level. Should we be doing that? No, not really. You know, <laughs> for the levelator to to do its job more effectively. Would it what help? Would help with levelator? Um, and this mm-hmm. is why when I when I talk to people about recording podcasts. I tell them it's always good practice, if you can, and it's not always possible, to have every single source of audio on their own separate track. And the reason why that's important is, like, a lot of people like to use this program called Audacity, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is a free program, and it's very powerful, and it's a digital audio recording software. But Audacity pretty much just records in two tracks. So if you have one person whose level is way up here and then another person whose level is way down here and you put that out and you say, okay, Levelator, have at it. Levelator is going to go, you have got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. And you're going to, it's, it's, it's going to do a crap job because there, there's mm-hmm. no way to balance out these two voices and not introduce a lot of, of artifacts that are just not going to sound really, really good. So mm-hmm. when I'm recording the MyMac podcast, I have three live tracks that are being recorded. I actually record on five tracks, but three live mm-hmm. tracks. I've got one track for my microphone. I have one mm-hmm. track for whatever VoIP gas happens to be on, whether that's Skype or Zoom or whatever. And then I've got a third mm-hmm. track for Farago, which is the sound generator, sound generating program that I have, mm-hmm. you know, and all of the sound effects and stuff that I do while Gaz and I record the MyMac podcast. Exactly. And I have it on my watch. <laughs> thanks to Kurt. <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to anyway. So last night he's, he texted me and said, there's this great Who app did? that you can put on your Apple watch. It's called Who did? So that's what I that's what I have on here. Who sent that? Oh, Kurt. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt Blanchard, and, and, friend of the MyMac oh, yeah, show, yeah, yeah, friend yeah. of the Kiki show ever. Um, <laughs> we've had him. Oh, God, I can't remember the last time we had him on. We, you know, we used to do a lot of guests on the MyMac show, and mm-hmm. we don't really do that much anymore. I don't know if it's. Yeah, it's been a little bit like a. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, pretty, pretty like much, pretty much just gazing me. <laughs> um. There was somewhere I was going with that, and I just... I know, I totally, I totally derailed you. I was planning uh, on that, talking that, about that, noise it, it works. <laughs> and Levelator and Audacity and... Yeah, noise gates and all that, that choppiness oh, 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 and oh, what uh, Levelator does. Uh, recording and, on separate tracks. And yeah, and should we, should we still bother to record a little bit of silence, or is that kind of not really needed anymore? Does it help at um, all? If you're using should Levelator, it probably couldn't hurt, but I don't think it's don't really necessary. Levelator point. is actually... Of recording silence. Well, it, it gives it, it, it gives used it a, to be that you would sit in silence for a couple yeah. seconds and record the room noise, and it was supposed to help with sound editing later on if it had something to, I guess, match it up against. But, yeah, maybe. But you'd have to cut that um, out during the editing. I've never bothered. That's the thing. Well, you that would well, be you just like do it in before, the very beginning and yeah, chop before it off. you were actually recording the show. Mm-hmm. So, like the hour and a half yeah. that that we recorded before we actually started the show today. <laughs> Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be, yeah. that would be, we, there would be silence in there, you know, even though mm-hmm. silence and I just don't get along that well. No, they're not. Real no, we, we're either. really not that compatible. <laughs> but the nice thing about recording mm-hmm. on separate tracks is mm-hmm. once you're finished and before you, you put it through some kind of leveling process, you can move the levels of each person on their individual tracks so that they're more or less the same. And you can look at yeah, kind of manually leveled. Right, and you can look at the the little meter with the the two green lines that bounce up and down, and use that to match up all of your different tracks, so that when you go to use Levelator later, wow, that was an odd sentence. Mm-hmm. Levelator later, you can it, it'll actually it won't have to work that hard, and it'll be able to do a much better job. But Levelator is say awesome that enough times, software. and it will become semantic satiation. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I said, if you say that those words together enough times, it will become semantic satiation. Yeah, that you know what that sounds like. When that you, sounds when you a say lot a word like, so many times that it doesn't sound like a word anymore. <laughs> that sounds a lot like Max X S P L. What I've been doing, what I've been doing with as far as leveling is because I've been having problems with my audio so low, is I've been bringing it up in GarageBand right. as much as mm-hmm. I can. Then mm-hmm. when it exports, when the you know the podcast is finished editing and it's all being exported, if you look at it while it's exporting, it will say normalizing. So I think it's doing yeah. its own kind of levelating, and then I bring it again into mm-hmm. Levelator. And when I listen back to it in iTunes, when I'm just doing the, you know, putting the meta dags in it to it, then it sounds good. Melissa and I are at the same level. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about most recording software is, especially if you're using multiple tracks, when you put that out, you're not getting multiple tracks out. You're getting two tracks out. That's all you're getting, right and left channel for the most part. and. That's because what most digital audio workstations are doing is you don't always see it, but there's what's called a mastering track. So it'll take all of the filters, all of the effects, all of the volume adjustments, everything that you've done and put those all onto a mastering track. And that's part of what takes so long for so many of these programs to actually finish outputting the volume because it's got to go through all these different steps. It's going through your, like if, if you record an hour show, your mastering track is going to look at an entire hour's worth of audio before it makes any changes or actually starts to put out anything at all, because it has to make sure usually that both the right and left channel and each individual track that you're outputting is going to be at a, a similar level. But this is where also you can introduce a lot of noise because if you have a low output track, like what you were just talking about, Elisa, if there's something in that track that you don't necessarily hear and it says, okay, I'm going to normalize this track so that it's the same as this other track, well, then that noise is also going to be amplified. And I, I can hear Dave Hamilton right now spinning over in his grave, and he's not even dead yet, <laughs> with so many of these explanations that I'm probably given. He, Dave Hamilton knows so much more about this than I do. Um, but I, I probably like to talk about it more than he does. So it's come see, come saw, you know, take one with the other. <laughs> um, before we go, because I know we're probably running a little long, uh, some of the other gear that you may need. Audio interfaces. This is what connects your microphone to other stuff, except for USB. Every mic worth having. Remember, don't buy a mic with a 3.5 millimeter cable. They're junk. We'll need to go through some kind of interface. These will provide phantom power if it needs it. Uh, In most cases, there'll be a gain knob per input, uh, which will typically be an XLR jack, which we talked about earlier, uh, like the uh, the Behringer UMC line, especially the 404 that I use, has what's called a, a minus 10 dB pad. And what that's used for is if you connect up, say, a guitar instead of a microphone into that same jack, guitars can have a, a higher output. So you're, you're, you reduce it a little bit with this minus 10 dB pad. So, and I really like... The Behringer UMC line, uh, mostly because the preamps that are built into them, uh, they're these Midas preamps. And for the money that Behringer charges, Behringer sells really inexpensive, not cheap, but inexpensive audio gear. And for the most part, I really, really like their stuff with one exception, and we'll get into that in a minute. Now, cables, XLR cables, which are typically... Male to female come in many different links. And because the distance from your microphone to the interface is usually going to be like at most six to 10 feet, you don't need to go out and buy gold plated monster cables for 60 or $80 for a, a, a six foot length. Now, if you want to and you have the money, go ahead. 
And you may be able to convince yourself that you can hear a difference, but you won't convince anyone else. Uh, nearly any decent shielded XLR cable will be fine. Mounts. We were talking about this earlier. Desk mounts. A lot of mics include them, and they're mostly junk. Any vibrations or bumps will go directly into your recording. Now, boom arms. I love me some boom arms. This isolates the mic, especially with a shock mount, from your desk and allows you to move your mic closer to you instead of being hunched over to get a better position. One of the other things that people like to talk about when, when they start talking about audio gear is mixers. Now, a lot of companies make audio mixers, and it's really too broad of a subject to go into too deeply. But when, you, when you're looking for one, look at the reviews for the ones that have good, well-regarded preamps. Now, like I was saying just a minute ago, I love Behringer's equipment. Their microphones, their preamps. Their interfaces, they've got compressors and, you know, all kinds of stuff. It's, it's, for the most part, it's, it's really, really good and inexpensive with one exception. Their mixers are crap. The Xenix preamps, not the minus preamps, but the Xenix preamps that Behringer uses in their mixers are not very good. And why they don't use the minus preamps in their mixers, the only thing I can think of is because Midas themselves make a brand of mixers that's much more expensive than anything you'll get from Behringer. So if they included those with the mixer, why would anybody buy Midas mixers? And what led you to that conclusion? The sound that you're hearing? Yeah, I've had... Or the ability, the way that you control it? Or just, it, just, it, just, it, it just didn't sound good, especially when using a okay. microphone like the High LPR 40 that needs a lot of gain. Okay. When I ha and you have to crank the gain on some of these mixers and audio interfaces with a microphone like this to get them to sound halfway decent. Kind of makes you wonder why bother then. Yeah, yeah. You know, get a different microphone, I guess. But this, I love this Heil PR40 microphone. Love it. This, I have all these other microphones, and occasionally I'll go to them and go, oh, I'm going to try this one this week. And I always come back to this Heil PR40. Uh, I have also tried and I currently own a Yamaha mixer, which is pretty good. And Mackie are like the, the two most common that people use and are aware of in the, in the low end range. You can spend thousands of dollars on a mixer, but neither you nor I or nearly any other podcaster out there is going to spend thousands of dollars on a mixer. We're just not going to do it. Well, and plus, I mean, you can't control, you're at the mercy of what happens when that file gets uploaded yeah. and, you know, it could end up being all of that hard work will not be heard anyway right. because it's going to be compressed to hell. converted into an MP3 and then put into a podcast. Exactly. So <laughs> kind of, why bother? <laughs> now, one of the things I really like about the Mackie ones, at, and this is also at the low end, is they have this, if, if you look at the the channel strips, which is at the very top of the mixer, you've got these XLR inputs. And then you have like, there's like maybe a compressor knob and then some EQ knobs. And it goes all the way down to a slider or another knob where you can adjust the volume or gain. Some relatively inexpensive Mackie mixers also have what's called, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, a channel insert. And the great thing about a channel insert is you can go from the mixer to other gear, do stuff with that other gear, and then bring it back into the mixer to have it output over USB. And it's kind of what I do with my interface, because from my interface, the microphone goes into, the, into this, this Behringer interface, and then it has inserts on the back, and then that's going down to a preamp. And then from the preamp, it goes to a compressor. And then from the compressor, it goes back into the interface out over USB to whatever it is I'm recording in, which is typically uh, Hindenburg. Now, I'm not going to talk about DAW, so I'm, don't even forget I said anything about Hindenburg, even though it's a really good DAW. Uh, Inline amplifiers. Probably most people have heard of cloud lifters no. for dynamic no, microphones. Nope. Okay. <laughs> These are only used with XLR dynamic microphones and especially ribbon microphones. 
And what this is, in essence, is a small device that goes in series with your microphone and your interface over an XLR cable. So coming out of the back of your, of your microphone, you would have an XLR cable. And then that XLR cable would go to this inline amplifier and then out from the inline amplifier to the interface. And what this does is it adds around 25 decibels of super clean gain. And the great thing about that is if you have a microphone that needs a lot of gain, you don't have to crank up your interface or your mixer because this little inline amplifier is adding almost half of what you need to begin with. That almost sounds like laundry yeah, detergent. Yeah, sort of. It's like a booster. Exactly. <laughs> there is there is a laundry detergent called gain, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, there yeah, there is. It's in a green bottle. <laughs> Squirrel. So uh-huh. cloud lifters are the ones that everybody knows about. Those are about $150. And then there's also... And they're not inserts that you put in your no, shoes. These are actually no. things that help with your exactly. audio. Exactly. Okay. There's also a company called Triton that makes a Fedhead, which is about $100. They both kind of do the same thing. Um, people say they can hear the difference. I don't believe them. There's a... A Fedhead and a Cloud yeah. Lifter? There's another company similar. called... Oh, I can't think of the name of them. But they're coming out with one pretty soon, if they're not out already, at about $50 to $60 that also does the same thing. I actually have a... Of course I do an order in for a, a double of one of those. For, so you can plug two microphones into it. And I'm going to try that out whenever it's available. Now we spent a lot of time talking about microphones and cables and boom arms and all the rest of that. But there's one other piece of equipment that is equally as important as all of that. And that's headphones. So If you are listening to your audio and you are making edits and you are trying to, you're you're going to change the way it sounds a little bit so that you think it's going to sound better. And you're doing it through headphones that aren't like true response headphones. You are going to regret ever changing any bit of that sound recording. Because when you listen back to it later, you're going to go, why did I do this? So... If, um, um, it, you know, if you don't plan on making any serious changes to the audio as far as, you know, filters and effects and all the rest of that, doesn't really matter. But if you're going to get super geeky with your audio itself in your DAW, then get some good headphones. Now, I have used Sennheiser's HD 280 Pros uh, until they basically fell apart. And I'm currently using Sony MDR-7506s based on uh, Tim Robertson's recommendations. And he was absolutely right. These are wonderful headphones. Now, they're not so good to listen to music on, which is going to sound weird. If you want to listen to music, Better for the spoken word. Better for voice. Yeah, and for editing because it's it's relatively flat response. You're not going to get you know, uh, big boosts in the, in the treble range or, or, or big boosts in the bass range, like what Beats Headphones does, because those are designed to listen to music. These are designed to listen to sound. And that's what you want in a good pair of uh, monitoring headphones. Okay, so that's, unless you guys have any other questions, the only other thing I have are some microphone picks. I actually think I've recommended those headphones to a client of mine who's hard of hearing because they go over the ears and they would fit over her hearing needs. And she liked these a lot better. Plus, they have left and right red and blue Mm -hmm. on them so you can tell which way they go. (laughs) Well, basically, (laughs) the cable that that connects it is going to be on the left side, usually. The other nice thing to look for in cables, this one, these MDR-7506s don't have them, but the HD-280s did, is... Whether or not the cable that's in it can be unplugged because eventually cables wear out. And if you have a cable that's like built into it, like these are, what do you do? You buy a new pair of headphones because you're not going to be able to replace mm-hmm. them. I see. But if you've got a pair of headphones where you can unplug it, well, then you just get another audio, audio cable 
plug, plug that in instead. Mm-hmm. That that would be a really, really important takeaway for parents that are, you know, with so many kids doing remote learning and, and just, mm-hmm. you know, adults too, working from home is the importance of that right there because I'm already seeing it. My, my kiddo just bought a pair of really nice headphones, but yeah, the cable is getting just, it's mangled yeah. because, you know, he's fidgeting and he's, it's just getting all sorts of twisted up. So that's really important. Um, that also reminded me another question that I had is how do you know when to replace your microphone? What What is it that we could be doing to these things that could be damaging them or causing wear and tear? You know, what, what kind of a life cycle do these things go through? Honestly, most decent microphones will last forever unless you're really abusing okay. them. Um, we were talking earlier about the specifications with the, the Shure SM58, which has been around for 50, 60, 70 years. I couldn't even tell you when they originally came out. The reason why they're so popular is they're built like tanks. Okay. You could use an SM58 and probably hit nails to build a house with, you know, and it'll still well, and work. And they probably build them that way because, you know, I can imagine, you know, field technicians or, or people, you know, journalists, people who have to go out into the field and they're covering wars and things like that probably need a really yeah. good, sturdy microphone that's going to last up to abuse being dropped and being tossed right. into an airplane and thrown away and being blown up. And that, I mean, who knows what kind of stuff. This is a $350 microphone. I guarantee if I dropped it enough times, it would be a, a $5 hunk of metal after a while. Hmm, really? Whereas wow. the, um, I've, I got one over here someplace. Is this it? Well, yeah. What's, what's the most expensive microphone one, that you have? This one is the, actually the, the, the very most expensive microphone. Okay. The cheapest microphone. And the cheapest one Actually, let's, let's, let's get into that. Let's, let's talk about that. Uh, so microphone picks. Unless I, unless I say it, these are all XLR microphones. Okay? Okay. So under $50, there are some really, really good microphones that you can find for under $50. However, remember, you also need an audio interface and other stuff to make it connect to your computer. You can't just connect these microphones with an XLR cable directly into your computer unless you use a 3.5 millimeter cable. Don't use a 3.5 millimeter cable to plug in a microphone. So the f- What about ours? Oh, ours are the USB. 50 to 100 yeah. range. Okay, I see. So uh-huh. uh, under $50, Behringer's BA-85A. This is a fantastic microphone. And it costs about $25. I think this is it right here. Yeah, this is it right here. Of course, nobody can see this except you guys. But it, there's nothing fancy. There's no on-off switch. There's no, there's no, you know, oh, I want a 10-decibel pad. Like a $25 microphone. Yeah. <laughs> and hmm. I unscrew it. There's... And that's a really good microphone, even though it's yeah, not cheap? Yeah, this is a, a great microphone. Because it connects with an XLR. No, because um, Behringer makes copies of a lot of different really good audio gear, but they make it less expensively. This is kind of a copy of Shure's uh, Beta 87. I think it's the Beta 87. No, Beta 58. Their Beta 58 microphone, which is about 150 bucks. Now, does this... After we're done recording, remind me, I, w- I have an old Radio Shack microphone <laughs> that looks like it's really good, but... I mean, it's it looks like it's made really well, but yeah, it's probably. Does it say realistic on it? <laughs> I don't think so, but it's. I mean, it's it's Radio Shack. <laughs> I mean, I got it when I was like, I don't know, fifteen, twenty, something like okay, that. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb. I just wonder how bad it it's really is. It's probably really, really bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because it has a it has a thirty five millimeter. Yeah. Jack yeah, yeah. Any microphone <laughs> with a three point five millimeter jack or headphone jack is likely not a good microphone. It probably was marketed as like, you know, for, for singers or something. I oh, probably sure. got it for choir yeah, practice yeah, yeah. or something you a know, long time ago. In, in the yeah. early days of karaoke, you know, people like... But like it's built like a tank. Yeah. Like it looks like it's made really well. <laughs> That's why I asked about that because that looks like a, a cheap microphone. But if it's, you know, you're saying it's, it's, it's a really it's, good microphone. It's a cheap microphone and probably not a good microphone. <laughs> but quality is in the ears of the beholder. But I, I'm thinking it's probably not a great microphone. I should go plug it in and try. Yeah, with absolutely it no happens. reason why not. What's the very worst <laughs> thing that could happen? 
<laughs> Don't ask yeah, questions. I know. That could be really bad. Especially not while we're recording on Skype. Okay. Uh, the next one that I'm going to tell you about, this is the newer NW-040. It's about 30 bucks. It's got an on and off switch, as you can see, or as Elisa, Elisa and Melissa can see. It's got a little on and off switch. And it's a dynamic microphone. And for 30 bucks, it's not bad. Is it brilliant? Is it as good as like the SM58? No. But for what most people use cheap microphones for, it's fine. The former king of the hill for cheap microphones for me was Behringer's XM8500, which is used to be about $25 until the BA85A came around. Now it's about $20. It's still a really good microphone especially at that price at $20. And the last one, the most expensive microphone that I'm going to recommend under $50. And you almost can't go wrong with a microphone that has the sure name on it. The sure PGA 48. It's about 40 bucks. Now moving up a little bit to the 50 to $100 range. There's Behringer's SB 78 a, which is about $55. And I've got it here somewhere. Uh, the, the thing that makes this microphone kind of cool is it's got a, um, a low pass filter that's built into it. So I think it's about, I think it cuts off at um, either 15 or 20 Hertz and it'll just kill all the sound that's, that's below that, which will, if you have some background noise, it'll take care of that. But it's, it's, it's just, for $55, especially considering it is also emulating a much more expensive microphone, uh, it, it's not a bad choice. And then, of course, the one that we've been talking about for most of the show, the Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB or 2005 USB. And especially during the pandemic, the prices for these microphones have varied. For a while, they were really expensive. Because yeah, every really well, up. same thing with like with um, webcams, webcams you couldn't mm -hmm. find them, and mm -hmm. the ATR twenty one hundred or two thousand five USB are two very good microphones that now finally are back in a reasonable range, sixty to ninety dollars. A microphone that is almost exactly like it is the Samson Q two U, which is about seventy dollars. Now these both record either XLR or USB, which makes them very versatile. You can use them by themselves. When you get more gear later on, you can keep using them. So it, it's it's just all three of those microphones, I, I, I can't recommend highly enough. And then, of course, at $99, there's a Shure SM58, which is the one that everybody has. Um, the one that I use in my mobile kit, if you guys saw me at MacStock, where I had that that ridiculous four microphone setup when I, I never used more than two microphones. And it kills me that I, I brought that much gear with me. Um, Don't we all, though? We all bring I know, more than we need. so Just crazy. And I think that was the year I flew, so it cost me like a fortune. And plus trying to go mm -hmm. through customs, not customs, but through security. <laughs> they yeah, looked yeah. inside my bag and there was like electronic gear with wires and badges. And, and they were like, no, 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 come, come here. here. Come here. We, got, we come need here. to chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk here? And it was like, yes, sir. You have a gun. So, yeah, we can talk. Um, but the microphone that I, I currently use in, this might be changing, in, in my mobile setup is the Sennheiser E835. It's also about $99. Very, very good microphone. And another name that hasn't really come up much is uh, Rode. Who makes very very good? Which I used to hear a lot about. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Kind of surprised. I'm kind of surprised you're only mentioning it till now. I have. I actually own two different Rode mics. Um, this one is the is the less expensive of them. It is the uh, Rode Pod mic, which just came out last year. When they also came out with the Rodecaster Pro, which I don't have and wish I did, but it's six hundred dollars, and I can't justify that. Not only to my wife, who I would have to sit there and say, well, yeah, I've got all this other recording gear and I just needed to go out and spend $600 on an interface that I don't really need. I was going to say, you want to stay married for just a few more years. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been, we've been married now for like 28 years. Oh, children. Children. And the weird thing is I'm, o I, I'm only 35 years old. 
How does that work? Dumpsters. So, yeah. So the Rode Pod mic, it's about 99 bucks. It's also a very good dynamic microphone. Okay, now we're going to move up a little bit in price. $100 and up. Uh, I received this microphone as a gift from my son, Guy. It's the Rode M2, which is a handheld condenser microphone, which you don't see that many of. And it looks like all of those mics that you see people singing in on stage and all the rest of that, but it's actually a condenser microphone. The very, is this actually, do I have that hooked up right here? Is this the one I have hooked up? It is. I would, this is it right here. I was just looking for if there's anything released from CES that you've been talking about. And I noticed that they're starting to make smart masks with built-in microphones. Yeah. That's going to be a and whole thing now. I Okay. Last off topic, I swear to God. I've been watching football this year, college and pros. And you'll see all these coaches on the sideline doing what they always do, where they're like marching back and forth, looking all pissed off. And the only way you can tell they're pissed off now is because their eyebrows go down as you see them on TV. And then they go to yell at someone and they pull their mask down and yell at them. And as soon as I saw that, I I was like, look, just put like a little tiny microphone, put like a little frame inside so it's offset from the mouth a little bit, put a microphone right there and then have like hanging down that attaches somehow to your shirt, a speaker. So that if you really want to scream at someone, you so I, I guess somebody else had that same idea. So good, good for them. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> What's the point of wearing a mask if you're going to pull it off just to yell at somebody that just defeats the whole uh, purpose? Well, college and uh, football, really. All right. The last two microphones that I'm going to talk about, this was a microphone. This is the microphone that Gaz uses and has been using for the entire time we've been doing the MyMac podcast as I spend thousands of dollars on audio gear and again, I'm surprised I'm still I'm still married. He uses the Rode Podcaster USB, which is a USB only. It's unlike the ones that you guys have. This is USB only. It's made by Rode, which is a, a very respected name. It's about $230. And again, it's huge. It's like about this. It's probably six to eight inches long. It's really, really big, but it's a great microphone. Sounds fantastic. And then the very last one is, of course, my beloved Precious, the Heil PR40, which is about $325. Now, you may think that $325 is a lot of money to spend on a microphone, and you would be right. However, there are many much more expensive microphones than this. The the Shure SM7B goes for over $400. And you can easily spend thousands of dollars on just one microphone. Which is what you told your, your wife when you bought this, right? That, yeah, yeah. See, at least I'm not spending thousands of dollars on a microphone. I'm only spending right. $325. And it's not a red sports car. You know something. Yeah, you know. In I, your defense, Sky. This is your midlife crisis. <laughs> and you'll be talking about this momentarily. You have 75,000 okay. different podcasts that you do. Give or take. 75 give or take okay so you're getting your money's worth it's not like you podcast once a month for 15 minutes you're all over the place pretty much every day so you can justify two of them it supports his hobby (laughs) well well, if i was getting paid i could justify yeah that would be (laughs) more justification but i mean at least you're using it it's not something that you're uh i really it's not gathering dust you know $5,000 $5,000 computer that I'm going to use once every two, three, four weeks. Yeah, to play to play Left for Dead yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do use almost, I mean, not counting microphones. Um, most of the gear that I have bought, I'm using. So I'm using, oh, I wish I could, I really can't show you um, without a lot of trouble. Uh, I, I'm using this, this low profile, um, boom arm that I've got right here. I'm using the interface. I'm using the preamp. I'm using the compressor. Uh, I don't really use the mixer too much except for when I'm trying new microphones, but all of this stuff that I'm surrounded with these lights that you can, you can't really see them, but you can see how they illuminate me. I use almost Mm -hmm. everything that I buy. And Mm -hmm. 
Is it? That's how it is in this house. Like we put it, we put it to work. Yeah, the, <laughs> when people say, "Can you find a good home for this?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah probably. I can, I can find a good yeah. home for that." <laughs> so, and and I do have some orphans as time has gone on. Um, like mm-hmm. the the Elisa's mixer that that I gave to you in Chicago when your microphone went out, uh, along with with that Samson. That was actually that wasn't a USB microphone. That was an XLR microphone. Uh, yeah, I've only borrowed the yeah the the CO three. Something like that. I've never used a mixer, so I don't. I haven't had a need for. Okay, that. I thought I, I thought I'd lent you a mixer as well. Okay, well, regardless, just a that, But somebody, it sounds like somebody else probably. Needed it, though, well, no, so I still have like it. You, I still have it. That's why I said you should call it Guy's Library <laughs> and just you so, know, hey, get in touch with a school that has an AV department that's doing production. I have and done they can, that. You know, I, I had check, yeah, lease them out. I had me. an old Mac Pro, the big tower Mac oh. Pro. Uh huh. That couldn't be updated anymore. I think it was 2008. And I ended up giving it, uh, my kids at the time were, the high school that they went to had a a very active um, uh, AV and drama department. And I donated it to the school. Awesome. So that they could use it. And they got a lot of use out of it. Yeah, all this stuff could be used by schools. And it's all tax deductible. That's true. pretty much whatever level that you think that that's worth. As compared to selling mm-hmm. to somebody for, you know, peanuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kids kids will put it to use. And they'll find a way. <laughs> we've really only, and I know we've been going for, what, an hour and a half? Um, and I'm sorry that I've taken up so much of your guys' time. No, but this is really interesting. I'm sure enough people will find it. Yeah, you, find you may it have to actually break this up into two podcasts. <laughs> it's gone so long. <laughs> um, I... I love doing podcasts and it's why I do the, the my Mac podcast with Gaz. Uh, though I, I don't think I would continue to do the my Mac podcast. If Gaz had to leave the show, it wouldn't be the same. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. There's something called chemistry. Yeah. yeah. And it, it kind of has to be there. And we had it almost right from the beginning, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you're my favorite. Bromance. <laughs> the, the, the Mac to the future live cast that I do on, on Wednesday nights at 8 PM Eastern standard time over there on the Facebooks. Um, I, I love doing that show. Uh, the, the really weird show that I do is guys daily drive, which I don't do every day, but I do do it. And my name is guy and I do it while driving. So two out of three ain't bad. That is just such a weird show. And the way I record that is really, I, I don't have any special microphones. I tried using like lav mics and all kinds of other stuff, but it picked up so much noise from the car that it, it just wasn't worth it. Well, whatever you're using, because I watched mm-hmm. a couple of them and the sound is really you good. You know what I'm using? I thought maybe, I thought you were going to tell us out of all this gear that you have that one of these things is the thing you keep in your car. Oh, get out. My really? phone has I've got, a really Seriously? Good, your six, your SE? Microphone. It does. Wow. It does. I've got a mount that attaches to the rearview mirror that has a clamp on it. And I just, I put the phone in there and I have it facing me so that I can, so I'm not using the best camera that the phone has, but this way I can see what it's seeing. We not have to use an external monitor. And, um, you don't want to make it any more dangerous than it already is. No, no. <laughs> I, I do have a little bit of an issue. When I Driving watch is job drive. one. Driving <laughs> yes, is job please. one. And if you ever watch that show, you'll see that it's not very often that I'm looking up into the phone. For the most part, mm-hmm. I'm driving my car and having a conversation mm-hmm. with an inanimate object that's hanging underneath my rearview mirror over mm-hmm. Whatever crazy crap happens to be going through my head at the time. Stream of consciousness. It really, really Mm -hmm, is. mm -hmm. And it sometimes goes to very odd and dark places. Do your kids ever watch it though? Like when they miss their dad, they probably like tune in. My wife has never listened to a single podcast that I have ever done. She gets enough of me 24-7, especially this year. (laughs) <laughs> you don't run out, huh? See, my husband talks all day because he's yeah. a teacher, but when when it's my turn, there's nothing left because he just runs yeah. out. He just runs out of words. He's got a bank and he like uses yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, fortunately, <laughs> I'm a bit of a clown. I know, shocker. Um, I love to talk. I love to entertain. And I love to inform. And we love Thank you for you. it, guy. Thank you. 
Um, I can't always do all of those things at the same time, talk, inform and entertain, but that's the goal that, you know, Uh uh there are people that do Mac podcasts and to have fun while you're trying to get to be fun. That's the thing about podcasting, (laughs) especially if you're not getting paid Mm -hmm. for it. If you aren't enjoying it and you're not getting paid, why are you doing it? Don't do Don't it. Don't do it. Yeah. It's 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 just mm-hmm. no point in it. For me, it has always been it's almost therapeutic, especially with gas. That's what I said to Elisa the other day. I was like, we just have to do yeah. this. There's times when I don't feel like doing it. I'm like, oh, it's it's chores, and then you start. But, but then by the time we get to talking, I'm like, I'm always glad that yep. we did it. So now I just say, This is my therapy. Yep. This is my pandemic therapy. It's gotta happen. So <laughs> Because we're not, I mean, we're not out there seeing people. No. We're not out well, even, even when so I was, even, even before this. all this. But it's like when when you go, when we, we would all meet up at MacStock or Elisa, when we met up at the MacWorld Mac Expo. Yeah. Oh my God, those times. Mm-hmm. Do you remember recording? And I, at this point, people, we're not really talking about gear anymore. We're just kind of reminiscing. <laughs> I was probably one of the very first people to go to the Macworld Expo with nothing more than an iPad and a Bluetooth keyboard. I remember you you, you saying, you threatening that that's what you that's, were going to do. And that's what you Elisa <laughs> and Vicky and I sat mm-hmm. in the press room at, at the Moscone Center in San Francisco and recorded mm-hmm. multiple podcasts on an iPad in two. 2011? No, 2012? I was there. And I was there. I was there no. at the same one, but I, I wasn't connected to Oh, you didn't have a press pass that year? Oh, no, I did. I just We just weren't in the same yeah. circles oh. at the same time. 2013 I was off doing other and 14 is when Vicky and so I many went. people. Okay, and those years. were the, like the last, the last two years, years. There was of the one, show. Mm-hmm. I went there to the very last one. where we got into a bigger room. It was you, you, Vicky, me, I think Kurt, Mark Rudd, maybe Owen. Oh, there was a like maybe yeah. seven of us around and we the were table, passing and the we were passing around. the mic around. What? Okay, so Elisa, you a terrible way yeah. to do a Elisa, podcast. What did you find today that was interesting? Hands the mic to me. Well, I thought I, you know, this and this was yeah. really cool. Vicky, what about you? Hand the you know, hand it to Vicky. Yeah. Reaching over the table. Oh gosh, those were uh, the days. Yeah, that, it was a lot of fun. It was exhausting, okay. but it was a lot of fun. It was. It was. Do you remember way to be exhausted. going to the Smile Party, the Smile yes, Software Party? Yes. And when we left, we couldn't get a cab. Yes. And it was really dark. And this is San Francisco, mm-hmm. which even in the best of times is a very <laughs> scary place. And it was, was it you and Vicky that was with us? Yes. With me? Yes. But we left there and they were both like hanging on to my arms and they're like, you're our bodyguard. <laughs> we ended you're up our t- bodyguard. Didn't we end up taking an Uber and at one point we walked you back to your hotel? Or was that after dinner one night? Yeah. I think that might have been after no, dinner. No, I walked you guys to your hotel. Yeah. Because you guys were, were sharing a room at, I don't remember the name of the place. Yeah. But I was, I was down Geary Street, I think it was, at this place called Hotel Frank. Uh, actually, Tim and my brother Larry and I were all at the Hotel Frank. And this was a hotel that was being besieged <laughs> by um, uh, Union uh, Hotel and and I don't even know what they call the Union. It was like you know all the people that that work for a hotel, and somebody had bought this hotel right after the previous owner had signed this like ridiculous agreement that was just not sustainable. And to keep the hotel Uh-oh. open at, at a reason, you know, with reasonable price rooms for that area. So when the new people came in, they're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're, we're not going to do this. And so every single morning, starting at six o'clock in the morning, they Uh-oh. would be out there yelling and screaming at anyone going in and out of the hotel until oh, wow. like eight o'clock at night every single day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I would. And I hope your room price reflected oh, no. that. It, it oh, kind of oh, did. No. Uh-huh. Yeah. No? <laughs> not in San Francisco during no? Macworld. Not, not for us, at least. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, it was hard to find a really an affordable but hotel. The weird thing is the very first year I went, which was 2007, which was the very was the, the iPhone announcement. That was my, my first oh. San Francisco Macworld. Wow. What, what a first I one. Know, for, yeah, I know. I know. We know. stayed at this hotel <laughs> 
it starts with an the Mosser, the Mosser, Mosser or Mosler Hotel, which was right across from the that Sony Mall that was like right there where where the Moscone Center was. And we were like right around the corner from Mel's, which was like my Mac Central for breakfast and dinner. Mm-hmm. That's my Mac Mecca. Almost, yeah. almost every single day. <laughs> and or Mac World Mecca. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was place. a great place to stay. The weird thing was now now David got a room that didn't actually have a bathroom. It was Oh you had to you had they had a oh, shower. But it didn't have Ooh. a bathroom. You had to go and use a common oh. bathroom in the hallway. And when I was booking the room, I was like, you know what? I'm going to spend just a little bit more money and get a bathroom. And I mm-hmm. love that hotel, but we were never able to get it get it again. I went for seven years in a row. I never stayed at the same hotel. <laughs> Every single year I was in some different. And they, they got worse as time went on. So Those were it was. Days. And there was actually, Tim actually has a video of him at the holiday inn and Larry and I, my brother Larry and I were staying in the room on the next floor up and it was early in the morning and he was commenting about his room at first and then the cleanliness of the hotel going down the hallway, which wasn't that great. And then he gets into the elevator and he goes up one floor and he knocks on our door and I didn't know he was coming. And he just says, housekeeping. And so I open up the door. I'm still in like a, a t-shirt and sleep pants and my brother is in taking a shower <laughs> and, and I basically like took him around cause I had a refrigerator. So I was taking him around the room. Yeah. Yeah. That was the picture of the three of us right there. And I was taking him around the room. Oh, that's so cool. And he commented on that. Uh, his room was a smoking room. Mine was not. So anytime I, and this, I don't smoke anymore, but anytime I would, I would want to have a cigarette, I would basically I'm have so to proud of you for. open up the, the glass window. We were like eight floors up, open up the glass window, hang my head out and, you know, puff away at a cigarette eight stories up into the air. The things we did to have a cigarette. Oh my God. And when I, um, actually how much longer do you, you want to, do you want to, End this one, Elisa, before we go. We could probably spend the next two hours reminiscing about Macworld stories. I don't know. Oh, yeah. We could have a whole other show. Why don't you tell people, Guy, where they can find you, where they can get in touch with you if they want to? Okay. Um, If you want want more rambling stories like this, uh, all you have to do is find the MyMac.com podcast or the Mac to the Future livecast Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. on Facebook or the weirdly wonderful Guy's Daily Drive. If you'd like to get a hold of me, email address is guy at mymac.com. I can be found on the Twitters. I have two different Twitter accounts. One is Mac Parrot that I've had like forever. And the other one is a relatively new one, uh, Vert Shark. The reason why I have that is because the website is vertshark.com where you can see all of the audios and all of the videos. You can also look up Vert Shark on YouTube and find all that stuff and then like, share, subscribe. Did you see that the first time? Like, share, subscribe. It's all you got to do. It's so, so easy. And if you'd like to become a Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Mac coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash Mac or you can pay a pal at paypal.me forward slash, you guessed it, Mac That's all I got. Melissa, how would people get in touch with us if they wanted to? Well, let's see. We also have a Twitter. We are at Geekiest Show. And uh, for those three people that still use email, <laughs> we have podcast at geekiestshowever.com. I think uh, that's about it. Or, you know, go to the website and post a, a message there in the comments and we'll try not to flag it as spam. Maybe. Depends. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Say nice things. Might get through. Guy, thank you so much for joining us today. Trying to explain audio, which is such a broad topic. It is. And I didn't even really scratch the surface. But it, I I love talking about this stuff, obviously. It's definitely fun to geek it out is. about. That's for it sure. Is. And mm-hmm. if you know, and all those different ways that, that you can that you can contact me. Uh one of the things that I do uh over on Facebook, I belong to a couple of different podcast groups and some of the things that come up all the time is how do I use loopback? How do I use 
audio hijack. And I actually have a couple of videos uh, in YouTube that explains in greater detail how to do some really, really cool stuff with loopback, excuse me, and audio hijack. So if you find those, they've been seen like five, 6,000 times now. And so you can check those out. You can learn a lot more on what those kinds of programs can do for you. And Rogue Amoeba has, besides those two programs, they have just a whole slew of audio programs that really, if you're a podcaster, you should have in your arsenal. So if you got questions, he's your guy. I, I spend a lot of time answering questions about those two programs. Wait, I have to do that again. If he, if you've got questions, he's your guy. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so close. Okay. With that, I will say thank you everyone for listening again. Um, any questions for Guy, feel free to reach out to him. I know I've reached out to him countless times. So he's he's really good at, at helping people with their audio setup. So thank you so much for listening. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And until then, please uh, stay safe. Talk to you soon. So guess... Sorry, I'm just boogieing out to that. You know, well, that's playing. Is, you know, I'm shaking it is my so head. Catchy. I'm shaking my ass. Ass. <laughs> I'm shaking my ass. Ass. I'm shaking my ass. <laughs> ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. Guy's joke. Guy's joke. Mostly clean. I do have a tip for you. It's a very, very quick one. That's why we've been going on about nothing. Oh, no change there. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm interrupting Can I do you this tip? I'll be, yes, I'll be quiet now. Daz's tips. Guys jokes. Only. Thank goodness. On the My Mac podcast.